0: It's gonna. F- a little lion's gonna grow up having to use a s- fucking speaking spell to roar. Rawr. Rawr. Rawr.
1: <laughs> well, he almost had to
2: use one when he killed his dad. Well, when he helped <laughs> kill his dad.
0: God. <laughs> yep, yeah, Stephen Hawking's. That's told Stephen by Har- Disney. In the lion case. <laughs> Simba Hawking. Shit. I just cannot wait to be king. <laughs> I'm working on my RARP. <laughs> <laughs> <Damn it.
3: laughs> Stop it! Now.
0: May you rest in peace. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. Who, Mufasa? Yes. Yeah. Yahoo! Misa the name Jaja Binks. My the most famous Gangan in all of the Naboo. You should re-listen to the Three Sheets to the Mouse podcast. This the biggest bombad podcast in all of the galaxy. Mine thinks keep you so younglings away from it. These are guy's no good. Just like in the prequels.
2: <laughs> I know it sounds sorted, but you'll be rewarded. Well, at last I am given my dues. And in just this deliciously squared, be free
1: free.
0: Hello everyone and welcome to episode 157 of Three Sheets to the Mouse. With a podcast that likes to focus on the adult side of Disney, from the parks to the movies to the dining, we'll cover everything Disney has to offer, including their alcohol. I'm Mikey and tonight I'm joined by two guys that have never tried to grab Ariel's jewels. Tim? I never agree to that. I have tried. Adam? (laughs) I like shiny things. <laughs> oh, <you're laughs> smuggling opals! Well, make yourself a Skylons Harmony and let's talk about the grown-up side of Disney. A what? Yes, ma'am? Adam. What? It's a Skylons Harmony. A, you know, Harmony. I went with a theme. Oh, um. okay. It's 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 a cocktail. that's actually made with Hibiki. Oh, as the primary. Uh, Why would you liquor, whiskey. do that? Uh, I don't know it's a but, waste of good Hibiki. It, but it, it goes with an ounce and a half of uh, Hibiki 12 and three quarters of an ounce of Dubonnet Blanc or Bianco Vermouth uh, three quarter ounce of Coki Americano Aperitif Aperitif aper, and two dashes of Lavender Bitters so it's kind of like a you Japanese st- Manhattan uh, yeah like, like a Japanese Manhattan um, you just Stir it in a rocks glass over the ice, and then you garnish it with lavender sprigs. But fucking, I don't put no twigs in my drinks. I, I, I'll just—it's—it's—it's it's, it's, it's really floral, actually. It's like somewhere between a Japanese Manhattan meets like an Aviation kind of. No, think, there's no
3: straight, please. There's a lot of—I don't. It's, the Aviation doesn't have lavender. Uh, doesn't it have the lavender? Uh, no, it's, violet. Violet. it's, it's violet. violet. It's violet liqueur.
0: It's—it's violet. It's violet liqueur and and cream de vet. Um, but this, but I mean, I, just lavender. <laughs> this is a very calming and, and relaxing just I'm
3: drink. Just thinking, you, you have it, you, after your chamomile tea. This is the drink you need to drink. <laughs> the, the, this is your <laughs> nightcap. Pour it in your bathtub with some Epsom salts,
0: and it will be good. <laughs> there you go. That works. <laughs> and uh, you know, dab a little bit of it on your neck. Keep the coronavirus away, right? <laughs> I thought that was lemon <laughs> oil. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I'm going to let Shan try to mix this and uh, tell us how it tastes because. I I don't I don't know shit about vermouth or aperitifs. Yeah, or... I don't know what that was. Whatever that aperitif was. The it was the la- uh, the uh, Cocky Americano. Coky, cocky. C O C C H I. Cockchi, cocksel, kakzaki. ah yes. you know, I tried looking up alternatives for both of the uh, the the mixers and they it, it basically just went to different types of vermouth or the lillet yeah but that you see used in a lot of well, uh, gin drinks is vermouth it's a wine
3: but the the other one i have no idea what that is the aperitif <laughs> uh, uh.
0: yeah it's just go with it shan you're up figure it out figure it out figure it out Well, no one's drinking that shit. Nope. So nope, um, we're not. D- Tim, what? You got a big damn glass. What are you drinking?
2: I was lucky enough to stumble upon a case of Mad Elf still at our local food distributor. So that's
0: what that's you're drinking.
2: What drinking. Yeah, no fancy little.
0: Okay, tulip glass. All right, Adam, you having the same? Oh fuck yeah! You got fancy glass too? Nope. Pipe glass. Ah. Well, you guys with your fancy glass in general, I'd be drinking out of a fucking it can. It is a Trogg's paint glass. Oh, yeah, I gotta, man, you got to treat the man right. It, it deserves I, You know what? It's not available down here, so I wouldn't, you I wouldn't know. You should stop calling Maria that. That's not nice. She's a Twizzler. She's a Get it right.
3: An angry little smurf.
0: <laughs> She's the eighth dwarf. <laughs> angry? <laughs> well, I mean, you already got grumpy. What do you call her that? She has to have a name. I know. Just Shorty?
3: <laughs> yeah, I think they're dwarfs. I think they're all short. Oh. I think the name
0: implies that. I don't know. Pop, pop, put up a poll. Ray G. Put up a poll <laughs> <laughs> someone can pick <laughs> a name for, for Maria. For, what, what, what is Maria's <laughs> dwarf name? That works. That's not going to piss anybody off, Todd. No, not at, at all. all. <laughs> That's probably last to get
1: cut.
0: <laughs> well, I'm drinking uh, a little bit of my Stranahan's Barrel Pick uh, Cask Strength this evening. I forgot; it's been a while. I forgot how hot it is, but I just I do um, love me some cask strength whiskeys. Well, hey, here's uh, here's something. Something new that we never done before. Let's 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 look at a correction. You know, newspapers post corrections sometimes, and everyone's wants... wrong about something. Well, we weren't we're wrong always. about anything. Yeah, Disney Disney switched it up on his last minute. No, you were there. No, this, this was, and this, this pertains to me. Okay. Uh, a couple episodes back on one fifty five, we discussed planning your Disney vacation from start to finish, and I had this segment talking about the dining plan options. Well, last week, Disney decided, hey, let's release a fourth dining plan option literally a week after that episode aired. So, anybody (laughs) listening in future times will be terribly confused or think we are idiots. For at least two episodes, they'll think we're idiots until they get to this part. (laughs) If they're listening in order. Otherwise, we're fucked either way. So, yeah, Disney uh, released a fourth dining plan called Disney Dining Plan Plus... Yep, the DDPP. And it is basically just (coughs) your deluxe dining plan. Uh, Instead of having three dining credits that can be used for quick service or table service, your choice, this gives you two of them. So to me, it kind of looks like it's uh, something that might be an option if you want to get the dining plan, but also wanted to do some signature dining on your trip and not have to budget two nights worth of table service, you just have two table services every day. It works for me. I that's mean, what we used to do. That's... So the only thing is is that you lose your quick service. Well, no. You, it, it's an either-or, just like the deluxe. No, no, no. But what I'm saying is like... Oh, yeah, yeah. You, you... wouldn't have a lunch that day, basically. Yeah, you know? Or breakfast. Or breakfast, yeah. You still get your two snack credits. Uh, it's going to run around $95 for an adult and 35 for a kid. I mean... I don't know. It, it, again, it's. I think this is still another option that's going to be tough to get your money's worth out of. Uh, you
3: See, I don't. It, for us, I don't know how close, how true that is. Because our average meal, our ever, if we're eating at a deluxe restaurant, and then granted, we might get a bottle of wine, or what have you, but we it runs about two hundred bucks. Well, I mean, again,
0: yes, that's. Without doing signature dining, this might be difficult to, to hit a break even on. But, I mean, you still get your alcoholic beverage, right? Yeah, you'll still have everything else that the other dining plans have got. Do
3: you have an appetizer on this one, like the deluxe dining plan?
0: Uh, you, I believe you get your... No, I believe you just get the entree. Okay. So it, I,
3: I really didn't look
0: at it, so I was just curious.
3: I mean, it's there,
0: I, there's a will, there's a way kind of situation. It, it's another option. Maybe this hits a sweet spot for some folks. I don't know. I mean, maybe you don't want to get overly um, stuffed in a day having three table service meals or, or whatever, you know, and is this just this is just too. I don't know. It's just out there. I'm if you use a quick serve, if you use any of either of these credits for a, a quick serve credit, I think you're doing yourself an injustice financially. Well well to be
3: fair. Yeah. Um, um If you do breakfast, you can do like a sit down breakfast or a character meal
0: and then do a dinner that might work out yeah uh but i mean just don't do a quick serve if you're doing this no
3: it, it, the whole point of having a table service meal is to use it for table service
0: don't no don't be rolling up in there thinking you're hot shit going up into the abc commissary with your <laughs> ddpp dining plan
2: rolling up in peckles bills making it rain Got my free fixings bar. Uh,
0: (laughs) It's free anyway. (laughs) Anyway, there you go. I learned something new. So, the more you know, I guess. And speaking of learning, it's time once again for a course credit towards your Doctorate of Disney Knowledge with another DHD class, and this time it's set in Magic Kingdom tucked away in old fantasy land is that—is that a thing is that what do you call that area would that be old fantasy Not land that's
2: just regular fantasy land
0: or would it it's just so it's fantasy land and new fantasy yeah. land
3: well new fantasy land is a new area i don't think they ever well you don't hear of old york do you hear of york
0: yeah besides the government in new york but you never hear of old york okay <clears throat> tucked away in OG fantasy land <laughs> um, there is a, a building really it's, it's just it's a theater and it's been home to several entertaining ish Potentially entertaining ish, shows <laughs> since Magic Kingdom. To stuff. It's
3: been home to stuff. Yeah, it's, it's been home <laughs> to
0: shows, sit-down shows, since Magic Kingdom opened back in 1971. And this theater, it opened up with, uh, you know the design of it had this fun little facade that tied into the whole castle and medieval fair type thing with banners and a spire and, you know, faux rock work facade on it uh, to help it blend in with the whole concept and theme of Fantasyland. Uh, it's, I mean, I've never heard it called Fantasyland Theater. I've heard the one in Disneyland called that. And a little bit of my research showed that, you know, some people call this Fantasyland Theater, but
3: it is... Technical name for it, it is, is, is it? Okay. Parks blog. It is called Fansland
0: yeah. Oh, yeah, fair enough. Okay, I didn't research enough. I, I I didn't go to uh renowned um sources like the Disney Parks blog. I just uh, you went to your underground sources. I did. You went on the deep dark world. Well, the tourist underground Tur- tour, underground. Is that the one with the frog <laughs> undercover tourist? That's where I went. <laughs> tour- <laughs> I was. Uh, I was scrolling through pages of, of Yelp comments about the uh, Fantasyland theater. Um, now uh, normally w- when you go, it's usually just called the name of the show that's there, I guess. like right now it's just if you say Philhar Magic, people know what you're talking about. and and th- this is the building we're, we're talking about. you know, right now it has Mickey's Philhar Magic, but if you hop in the old wayback machine and take a spin, Um, like we're going to take you, we'll check out the various shows, including the first one called the Mickey Mouse Review. Originally, it was planned for Disneyland, but the Mickey Mouse Musical Review, as it was called, uh, was an idea that Walt had for an animatronic stage show wherein the animatronics would be on stage performing as well as hidden... within the crowd. It was going to feature uh, Disney characters in theater boxes and sitting in the seats along with the guests, and they would heckle to the uh, audience as well as the onstage performers during the show. Now, while this particular aspect of the attraction didn't make it in or, well, the, the, this attraction didn't make it into Disneyland. After Walt's passing and during the early constructions of Disney World, Imagineer Bill Justice had the idea to bring more of Walt's iconic visions into the Florida project that he was working on. With uh, the newer attractions coming out, like Pirates of the Caribbean, you know, to him, they seemed like they were straying away from Disney and they didn't really incorporate any of Walt's characters or anything like that. Justice wanted to kind of resurrect that. Uh, idea that Walt Disney had of this animatronic orchestra and his final concept for this called the Mickey Mouse Musical Review was uh, shown to Roy and he basically just you know gave him the one finger make it so and (laughs) Wed just immediately moved forward with the construction of the theater and planning that space out and beginning work on the animatronics that they would use in here now, the, the review was basically, um, like I said, an animatronic orchestral stage show that had a collection of 81 different animatronic characters in it, all of them being iconic classic Disney characters. And they were either playing different musical instruments to accompany the soundtrack you heard. I, let's just put playing in air quotes, all right, because... Louis back there with some uh, some some sticks, but he never once got within a foot of that xylophone. No lie, uh, they would either be playing like they were playing musical instruments, or providing vocals to a song, or just otherwise being on stage and supporting uh, whatever was going on with you know their own animatronic movements. Now, when it opened in seventy one, it was. One of the most heavily marketed attractions in the park. You guys remember um, when you were kids those old forty-five records that came with a storybook? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes, of course. Okay. Daisy Ding. This had one. It, did it really? Yes, it had. That's awesome. Uh, it, it was basically part of the soundtrack, but it also came with a companion book, and it, it, it did it read right through through the story. Of, uh, of Mickey Mouse and, and, and the review and, and stuff like that. Um, they also had a push out setup scene activity kit where you'd pop out the cardboard things and set up your own music review with Disney characters on, you know, like a paper doll kind of thing. And it even had a whole freaking backstory written for it, courtesy of the Little Golden Book Company called Surprise for Mickey. And the backstory for Mickey's musical review was basically Mickey's nephews. I didn't know he had nephews, guys. Yeah, guess. New- news to me. Never seen him before. Didn't even know he had a sister or brother. Somewhere there's nephews. I don't think we ever see the sister or brother, but I knew he had nephews. Well, they're in the book. They just look like little Mickey Mouse's, Mickey Mice, Mickey Moose. Moose. Yes. And it uh, has his nephews showing him a flyer for Disney World's music review, remember, or for for the Mickey Mouse music review coming to Disney World, which isn't even open yet, and that he's been invited there to help conduct the performance, which apparently is news to him because he didn't even know that it was a thing. And he gets excited and starts running around to all of his friends and he goes page by page inviting all of his favorite Disney friends from Donald to Goofy to Minnie to Daisy even fucking Horace and Clara and they all basically tell him to fuck off they're busy. So he he, he gets sad he goes to the show all mopey and the curtain opens up and surprise his asshole friends showed up anyway. (laughs) They were just playing a trick on him. So, not really a great story, but that's the backstory that the, uh, the attraction has to explain why Mickey Mouse is on stage and all of his friends are um, playing in the orchestra, the other Disney characters. So the review uh, had like an eight-minute long pre-show in an auditorium before you go into the actual show. And that pre-show had a, a video or a movie I guess on a screen that just kind of told the story about um, the relationship that Disney Studios always had with orchestras and how music helps with telling a story it also showcased a little bit of the history of Mickey Mouse through the years before the doors open up and guests can go into the main theater here's a fun fact someone screwed up the math so the auditorium Actually held 200 fewer people than the main theater could hold. Oh, nice. So that's not good. You know, plenty of seating. Not enough. People. <laughs> not enough people. Yeah, they, they didn't hit their uh, their throughput. <laughs> figures on that. Um, but once inside, you're in this, you know, it, it was still a massive and very ornately decorated theater. Uh, the guests, you know, you'd, you'd take your seat before a large stage curtain and then when it opened up, it revealed Mickey Mouse in a conductor's outfit. Uh, stage conductor, not train conductor. Yeah, under, uh, yeah, under a bright spotlight. he He's up and he's up on this little bitty, you know, platform and he turns around, which basically means the pedestal he's on turns around he doesn't actually take a step and turn away. it's kind of just unsettling he's just like spins 180 degrees to face the audience and introduces himself thank you for coming here we go and then he slowly spins back around to face the animatronics and the show begins the first tune you get is a little little uh, medley of hi-ho and whistle while you work and when I say the, the full animatronics, I mean, it's... it's The stage is full of all your classic Disney characters, basically up to 1971. There's some that didn't make it, but a lot of them are in there, and it's, it's, it's quite a thing to see. Um, after you get your medley from Snow White there, uh, the lights go dim, Minnie Mouse is under the spotlight, and she begins playing When You Wish Upon a Star on violin alongside uh, Ka, Ka, the snake who is playing himself as a flute.
2: That's, that's um, wait, a little strange.
0: His yeah his his tail comes up and bends over in front of his mouth and he just kind of leans into it and, and moves up and down like he's blowing it. Obviously he has no hands to work finger holes but you just you go with it. This is their Well r- if technically is he blowing into his butt it'd be a cloaca he's because he's a reptile maybe contracting certain muscles to make
3: the music
0: no because there are multiple squeeze boxes in effect throughout no. the show i'll get to that calm down adam i know you like a good <clears throat> squeeze box it's just I a like little a weird box <laughs> it is that one really is um no, after you get and it, it's really weird because it's just like this flute woodwind a wind instrument that he's doing and then she's doing it on a violin it's almost really melancholy uh just because it's a slow song anyway but after that moves on all the lights kick back up again the entire orchestra comes in and you get a quick hi diddly d from pinocchio uh, before it gets dark again, and you get to see a silhouette of the big bad wolf walk across the uh, the curtains after they've come down, and a little side area opens up, a little vignette area opens up to the side. And because this this reminds me, of, like a lot of these stage uh, elements uh, of this show, remind me a lot of um, the Country Bear Jamboree. Where you've got a main stage, but then you've got vignettes off to the side where other things happen. And then in, in this case, one of those side vignettes gives you the three pigs, the three, the three little pigs, and they're singing Who's Afraid of the Big Bad Wolf? Uh, you got a pig on piano, you got a pig on fiddle, and Adam you got a pig on squeeze box. Nice well, I can't call it an accordion because it's I mean it's, it's tiny. It's 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 a, it's a squeeze box. Well well I mean they are pigs. They are pigs, yes. Now, uh, this uh, is where the show kind of got good as far as, you know, my opinion. Because after you have the Big Bad Wolf song, you get probably my favorite uh, of this is uh, the curtains come down, come down, they open up, and the set changes into a wooded meadow with snow white Kind of laying in the grass and she's got her hand out and she's got a bird flittering on it on her finger and she's surrounded by you know this the animatronic forest critters and she starts uh, you know just singing i'm wishing and it, it, it's really cool her animatronic looks great and then the seven dwarves show up off to the side and start singing their silly song and it doesn't quite blend, and then Snow White sings the backup on the silly song, and it's just like too much noise. Uh, Go away, dwarves. Just stick with Snow White. (laughs) The set changes again, and it gets a little trippy. We get Alice in Wonderland, and she's in a garden of overgrown, whimsical singing flowers, and they sing All in the Golden Afternoon, and it looks terrifying. She looks like she has just dead doll eyes it terrifying i i got a kubrick vibe from that scene was it too much eat me or drink me? It was definitely... I don't know. Whichever one made her small was where she was. <laughs> um, but I i expected a mirror image of her to pop up and ask me to play. That's thats how just... No, no, no. It, no poppy. It, papi, was, it no was, was bad, man. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> no poppy. <papi. laughs> Next, you've got... Uh, and this is a fun part. You have Donald, Jose, and Panchito as the three caballero, caballeros caballeros whatever pick 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 your pronunciation um they show up and they start singing their theme song from the movie and the light will go out and they'll pop up over here where you didn't know you know like like to the left side of the stage where you didn't know there was even a spot for them to be and then they'll come back on the main stage but in two different spots and then the lights go off and they show up on both sides of the uh, theater up like in theater boxes, and they're singing back and forth at each other. They had more animatronics built for just this one set. Well, I want to say them the whole thing, but, you know, a lot. A significant percentage was for the three caballeros as, as they bounced around all over the place. You never knew where they were going to come from. It was just, it was cool. Uh, then after that, you got the fairy godmother singing bibbity bobbidi boo and she swings her little sparkling wand around, In front of Cinderella, who's dressed in her rags, holding a mop, carrying a bucket. And then... This is not a very fancy transition, because it's just the lights go out. Fairy Godmother keeps singing and swinging her wand, which continues to sparkle. And then when the lights come on, oh my god, Cinderella's in a dress now! I mean, come on, people. You know what happened. (laughs) She booped when she bibbed? Yes, she just went, you know, went down under the stage, (laughs) and a new one popped up. Uh... Also, Snow White, I think, mate, was a better animatronic. But you know, this happens. Cinderella transforms. She doesn't really do any singing for this, and she's in her ball gown. Curtains fall, and you get a silhouette of her and Prince Charming waltzing to "So This Is Love,"
1: mm-hmm.
0: right? <laughs> <laughs> and after that, you have the climactic performance of "Zippity Doodah." by Br'er's Rabbit, Fox, and Bear. They sing most of it, and then toward the end, the entire orchestra comes to life, and they're all playing and singing Zippity-Doo-Dah, which is kind of something, I guess, to see if you uh, ever wanted to, you know, see uh, King Louie playing the keyboard and singing zippity doo Just wasn't expecting that. I thought I figured it would just stay the Rabbit, Fox, and Bear. Uh, after that everything slows down and you get the saddest fucking rendition of the mickey mouse club song before all the lights go down oh it's just it's it's not good
2: but you were (laughs) able to find video of this yes was it was was like eight eight millimeter or something
0: no no it's definitely not in widescreen (laughs) <laughs> well, listen. I, 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 I've, well, we'll get to it when
2: I get to my section of this, but
0: yeah. But yes, there, there are there are some videos on YouTube of the Mickey Mouse review. I, I didn't mention this. Um, It opened as the Mickey Mouse review. They dropped the musical part in the front of it. I'm not sure why, but that's just... It opened as Mickey Mouse review. Anyway, after the Mickey Mouse Club song, Mickey uh, gets the spotlight again. The rest of the stage goes dark, and he... Thanks to guests for coming out and watching the show and tells them goodbye and that scene people clapped like they're real performers up there and they exited. Um, Now, this particular attraction only lasted as an e-ticket for two years. In 73, it was bumped down to the D League and in 79, it was closed permanently at Disney World it reopened three or four years later in tokyo disneyland as one of their opening day attractions they literally just packed all the animatronics up took all the decor down off the walls as carefully as they could shipped it over there and just control c control v they built the theater and everything identical to what they had in magic kingdom so this thing could just Go right in with as minimal effort as possible. The only real effort they took was re-recording the vocals in Japanese. Makes sense. It's what Disney does. Yeah, and and, and uh, apparently the uh, fan base in Tokyo ate it up because it was an everyday attraction there for 26 years Jeez. before it was replaced in 2009 by Philhar Magic.
3: Hmm. now from what I understand and correct me if I'm wrong but the three caballeros that we have in the Mexico pavilion are actually from that attraction
0: I don't know
3: that's what I know. I now,
0: heard. now that, that would make that, perfect sense because to do that then you would just because they had so many of that same animatronic set that would make perfect sense that would be what I would do
2: well, they were only so put in there after like they're from a real deal tempo,
0: yes. right? So they, they they held on to him, or they brought him back over or something. Yeah, they were in a little
2: dark warehouse somewhere.
0: Yep, right there next to all the other good Disney shit, <laughs> like the the corpse. Anyway, I'm just 26 years; these old like Gen 1 level animatronics ran in Tokyo. That's impressive to me. I mean, mean, you have some super old animatronics in Pirates. Yeah, no, I mean, I, I just, every time I hear about that, I just get really impressed that maybe it almost makes me wonder when an animatronic goes down, is it one of the older ones or one of the rebuilt newer ones? Because you've got two different types of technology carrying, that's a whole other show. Yeah. That we yeah. won't be able to find the information on how they integrate nope. old tech and new tech because you got could. shit that was on reel to reel uh, versus all this new stuff and hydraulic versus yeah hydraulic versus man. Dramatic. Nobody wants to hear that show except for me and Adam.
3: Pretty much. Am Maybe I just t- chop t- liver?
0: I'm just chop liver, <laughs> I guess. Yeah, I'm a fucking liver. engineer
2: and I'm chop liver with tech. <laughs> Thanks, Mike. I,
0: I'm. I'm the worst. (laughs) I don't know what accent that is. I don't know. (laughs) As
3: long as you know, because I don't think anybody else
0: did either. (laughs) And and, and that wraps up my 30-minute dissertation, since I guess this is me giving my thesis for my DHD on uh, (laughs) the first iteration of the Fantasyland Theater. Now, uh, it took a little while after this closed down, but then something truly fascinating showed up. I don't know if we'd call this fascinating. What do you? It's something. It's. It was
3: the '80s. <laughs> it was a lot of drugs. Well, I mean, it—it's not like this thing didn't move around a bit either. It, it kind of jumped to a few different places. So, some backstory on what comes next is on October 1st, 1982, Magic Journeys actually premiered as Epcot's one of one of Epcot's opening day attractions. It was directed by Murray Lenner and featured a song composed by Robert Sherman and the Sherman Brothers. Sounds awesome, right? Wait, there's more. 1984, it actually moved itself over to Disneyland, first on an outdoor space stage and then inside the newly constructed Magic Eye Theater in Tomorrowland. In 1986, the film was removed from both Disneyland and Epcot to make room for Captain EO. So, for some reason, In December 15th 1987 it made it to the Fantasyland theater inside the Magic Kingdom and it was also paired with another 3d shirt called working for peanuts and this lasted for six years and I don't know how it lasted for six years so this is basically just a 3d film that I watched just recently yes and oh my god (laughs) I was not high enough for this for this movie There's there's just not enough drugs. I I don't know what I watched still so It's supposed to be looking at the world. I think it's more along the lines of the child's imagination But it starts with children running through a meadow and eventually they lie down in this field And they're looking at the clouds and they're saying oh look that cloud looks like a king and that card looks like a princess And then I guess they get bored looking at the clouds. So this one kid picks up a dandelion and blows it and the seeds start scattering. And this is where it gets really psychedelic and kind of really fucking trippy. Because now we kind of journey into the kid's eyeball through his pupil. And there's sort of like a kaleidoscopic light patterny thing that brings us into his mind I guess. And then you have the intro sequence and the magic dirty song. And this is just how this starts. Um, The next scenes I kinda try to track and I have more question marks on these notes than I've ever done doing any kind of research for any of our shows so far. So the next scene, they're somehow on a beach, there are birds flying around. Then there are kids are playing with kites. Then the kite somehow goes underwater and turns into a lionfish.
0: Did the kite look like a lionfish before it went under?
3: No, it looked like a kite. Like a basic I've had this LSD trip okay. before. <laughs> oh, it gets a lot better. Or worse. From the kite, the kite somehow turns into you're flying over the Grand Canyon. And then from the Grand Canyon you go into something with stalactite looking things and like a field of water. Sounds a lot like a cave. From... No, this is outside. You're now back outside. Like I said, it's really, really high. Like, really, really (laughs) high. And then from that, there's a kid on a beach riding a horse. The horse then fades into the horse on a carousel somehow. And there are kids on the carousel, and they're trying to, you know, back in the day, you used to try to catch the ring on the carousel. I don't know what this entails. I've never seen this before, but, like, there's, a, like, a brass ring that you're supposed to catch. Well, the ring somehow turns into a moon, and now the carousel is going around the moon. Like, the carousel horses are going around the moon. And then a bat flies in front of the moon, and the bat turns into a witch. <laughs> and the witch has lightning shooting out of her hands for a little while. And then the witch turns into like this mask thing with a weird-ass face. Then I have just random shapes. The shapes somehow turn into a fucking cat. (laughs) The cat is now lying in front of ornate doors in some Orient themed room. The Orient themed room fades into the Sphinx. And then we go to a circus. With a lion jumping through a flame hoop. Okay. Then my actual notes actually actually say, okay, it's definitely a circus, because I wasn't quite sure when so they transitioned to this scene. Was the original
2: name for the show Magic Mushroom Journey? Oh my <laughs> yes.
3: And there's a whole scene with acrobats, which is the longest <laughs> scene that that's in the thing. Then an acrobat falls and turns into a, lands and turns into a clown. The clown has a large brass horn, which he blows, and then there are a bunch more clowns that come on, and then there's a stilt guy. The stilt guy just starts growing, like super, super tall, and then the... I still don't understand how this happened, but now we're outside of the circus, and the kid is now looking into the circus, It's just, and the clowns are like toy-like things, it's like, like a toy set. And then somehow we go back inside and and there's a magician. Magician does a few regular magic tricks until one of the kids gets shrunk down and is on the rim of the magician's hat. He somehow falls off. We get back into space somehow with a black hole. And then you kind of warp out of the kid's eye. And then you see the dandelion that started the thing reverse and like kind of the seeds go back onto the dandelion and my final statement is i don't know what the fuck i just watched at all (laughs) i couldn't imagine watching this in 3d i don't think you could pay me enough to watch this in 3d
0: (laughs) was this uh drawn animation or was this live action kind of No, it
3: was live action are you serious yes there was a whole bunch of weird
2: I never. I've never seen this. I've never. I didn't watch the video without him. I've listened to the soundtrack a few times.
3: Magic right, and you,
2: you don't really get
1: well. That's
3: what now it that I like now I that I thing. hear
2: your description of this show, the soundtrack makes complete fucking sense.
3: <laughs> it's just so spacey, and it's just weird and freaky, and I don't understand how this lasted for six years and <laughs> why. Would, I don't get it. Well. The clowns are flat out creepy. A lot of this was just flat out listen, creepy, guys too. on I mean,
0: stilts are kind of creepy, too. All right.
3: No, but it, he gets, like, really, like, super, like, 2 stories tall, it seems, at one point. And I'm like, eh uh-uh.
0: And it's in 3D. That's why it lasted six years. 3D was a kind of new technology. No. <laughs> well, I mean.
3: You watch this and tell me your brain doesn't hurt.
0: Hey, listening to it might makes to my brain I might hurt. Have to watch it tomorrow then. Um, and this is
3: me trying to type as fast as I can when I'm watching this going.
0: This I don't even know how I'm going to explain this. <laughs> so what what you're saying is it's not very Disney themed. There's no Disney in it at all, with the exception of the Sherman Brothers. Yeah,
3: and I, I mean, well, it started. You said it started no in Epcot. Characters right? or anything. So it did start yeah, in Epcot. Epcot stuff okay. back then was not very Disneyish. But it, I mean, I just don't understand why. If it closed in Epcot, why bring it around?
0: Uh, well, I mean,
3: we have an empty theater. Let's throw this in it exactly. And see if it we have an
0: empty theater that we're just using for promotional videos, kind of here and there when we got a new movie coming out. Uh, it's not really eating any people. We have probably way too much money invested in a failure of a. 3D film. Yeah. Uh, let's just put a projector in, put a screen up in front of where we had animatronics in the back. We already got the seats. And, you know, for probably in the mid eighties, less than twenty thousand dollars, they were able to put something into Magic Kingdom that, you know, chewed through thousands of guests a day. I mean they walked out of there going, The fuck did I just watch? Or <laughs> That was awesome, man.
3: I mean, I was at Disney a few times. I don't remember ever watching watching this, and I don't know if it was because I was horrified and blocked it out. Or it just was like, I never watched it. I don't we got to hypnotize
0: you, you and find out. Nah. Yeah. yeah then we'll nah. make you eat an onion and tell you it's an apple. My grandfather used to eat onions while I like that. Huh. <laughs> Did he have visions too, Adam? Because <laughs> that's what... No. The, this is fucking a peyote
3: It's vision. weird. It took me, like, at the beginning, and I have kind of finally connected it at the end that you're in the child's imagination, I guess. But, wow, what a long, strange trip. Well, what a
0: stretch. Because if he was blowing the dandelion seeds off the dandelion, he wasn't playing with his circus toy the dandelion was spiked i mean i yeah i I thought There was acid in the stem really i think plot twist the uh um trapeze artist was a clown all along
3: but the trapeze artist didn't come until the very end and what happened to the kite and the horse
0: obviously the kite turned into a lionfish and then back into a kite The lionfish turned into a it was it was just a whole bunch of wow (laughs) See, I want to go see it just because it's it it was live action and not a cartoon. But it's you have to realize it's 70s live action. Well, no, this was late 80s, wasn't
3: it? No. This was early 80s. Well, yeah, sorry, early 80s. This originally opened in 82. Yes. Early 80s. So it had to be filmed well before then. So this looks like '70s like soap opera kind of filming. <laughs> awesome.
0: <laughs> I could I could dig on that man. That that's oh, that is you vintage. Dig
3: away because I'm still trying to figure <sighs> out what it I, I watched. I think I think exactly what it felt like. I think like. we need like more magic journeys
0: mountain. in Disney World. Now that's what no, I think. No, I think we need to keep this very far. That's away. what they should have replaced Illuminations with. <sighs>
3: Giant water screens blasting magic journey. Yes.
0: And uh wasn't it It's in forever, isn't it? It's know, Epcot creepy forever, isn't it?
3: Just, Just a the, the yeah. bit of
0: the song is, yeah. <laughs> That's funny.
3: It was sponsored by Kodak. Everything oh. back then was sponsored by fucking Kodak.
0: <laughs> Mama don't take my Kodak. Oh. <laughs> okay, so that magic uh journey. rightfully so, that would shut down and disney took well, 6 years well that's because it took disney it took disney 6 years to get it right and put something worthwhile <laughs> in there right tim uh, no <laughs> how could this not be a home run well listen they were capitalizing if, on uh, a high grossing film well
2: uh, well let's, let's rewind there a little bit because the movie opened in June 15 1994 the what movie Lion King,
0: okay. The Lion King.
2: The Legend of the Lion King opened on July eighth, nineteen ninety four. So literally less than a month after the movie opened, that this attraction opened up. And when it,
0: you know you got magic, you know, man, and that's that's what they were this doing. Not magic
3: because they were so ready with Frozen.
0: I mean, <laughs> except for Baby Yoda, they they kind of missed missed the boat on that one, and I think.
3: And by the time the Little Mermaid, well, yeah. They were ready for Little Mermaid to be a hit.
0: Oops,
2: I thought well, it was, that, I thought it well, was a really, hit. well, for some reason, that is still in Walt Disney World, and this show is long gone. <laughs> and if anybody that knows me knows that I absolutely love Lion King, I love ev- everything about Lion King. I've got Lion That's King. Why I
0: gave this, I gave you this yeah. reporting adventure.
2: I own a Lion King painted mm-hmm. ostrich. Egg. I have a Lion King tattoo. I got Lion King bed sheets. I, I, I'm just. But this And I, I got a stoner dream.
1: Oh this <laughs> from is from a- Epcot.
2: You love Epcot. If you watch this, this was a Stoner Lion King dream. So it opens up literally with Rafiki sleeping. And he Rafiki is the only live character in the show. He wakes up and he's like, oh. He's like, I know that smell. Homo sapiens. We can't all be perfect. It's That's cute. cute. Uh we're all primates, bitch. Pretty much. The pre show was the circle of life scene from the original movie. Which the
0: Nasenwanya?
2: Yes. Which allowed Disney to I introduce the characters her? of the show to people that may have not seen the movie yet. So pretty much this was just a commercial for the movie. It was like a Cliff Notes version of the movie. It introduced what Disney has called humanimals, which are... The fuck's a humanimal? Well, they're (laughs) larger-than-life figures of their animated counterparts. That's all Disney says. They're puppets. They're just giant puppets. To give you an example, the Mufasa humanimal was seven feet long tipped a tail, and stood six feet tall. That's bigger than an actual real lion. You think? Yeah. It's
3: more like an elephant. Not really like an <laughs> elephant. More like a well, horse. What the hell? Oh, uh...
2: So the actual show opens up with Mufasa and Simba on an 18-foot pride rock, with Mufasa giving Simba the everything the light touches is our kingdom speech.
3: Um. So wait, the rock itself is eighteen feet tall. Eighteen feet long. But long. So Mufasa is actually longer, almost more than half the size of yeah, the rock. watch the show. The proportions, the proportions <laughs> of this show
2: are ridiculous. <laughs>
0: that sounds like a damn big show. It is.
2: Wait, we'll get we'll get into that
0: because. Okay.
3: Yeah, we'll get into that part. That 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 was the get most fascinating part show. of... I'm sorry, is there a squeeze box? No, there's no squeeze box. I don't care.
2: <laughs> so then the next scene is the I-just-can't-wait-to-be-king performance with Zazu, Simba, and Nala puppets as these weird kind of quasi-3D cutouts of the rest of the animals pass by in the background. They're not quite full, fleshed-out, Think of um, Winnie the Pooh, the in Magic Kingdom that just wood painted plywood, but it's a little bit carved, so they're kind of I don't know. It's it's hard to.
0: So is it like a flat Stanley? uh,
2: A little bit less flat than a flat Stanley. They've got some features, but they're still they're flat at the back.
0: It's an embossed Stanley. Yes. (laughs) Embezzled. (laughs)
2: <laughs> and they and they just go they just go back and forth behind them, and it's like that's totally, the job I want. I want to be that puppeteer. It's totally weird. So Rafiki comes back out and continues telling the story, and Scar is rolled in on his perch and he sings, "Be prepared." Uh oh. Which is probably the best part of oh okay. Well, because there's it's like steam. Spinning everywhere, and there's a screen in the background that's playing the the fire for the oh. scene from the movie. And then next, you have the stampede scene, the stampede scene, and the murder of Mufasa.
3: Wait, they actually do the murder of Mufasa?
2: They actually show the scene from the movie on the screen. Oh, okay. But at the end of that, the the actual humanimal Mufasa is laying on the ground. And the Simba puppets standing next to it, and Scar literally steps on Lufasa.
3: Get out. Yeah.
2: It's totally, totally like dark and dangerous more than the movie is. And he says, he that's what he tells Simba he needs to run away.
1: Damn. You know, he steps on
2: his dad and says, Dude, you gotta run away. Dude, you gotta go. You gotta got go to now. Go. It's your fault. I don't know where you go, but you can't stay here. <laughs> So after that is uh, the audience is now introduced to Timon and Pumbaa as they meet Simba, and the performance of Hakuna Matata ensues. And literally, it's it's so weird the transition from where baby Simba becomes adult Simba. It literally, you see like little baby Simba drop below the stage line, and then adult Simba pops pops up. It's so <laughs> weird.
3: Yeah, it's so weird and and chaotic. But that's a stage thing. I mean, it it, is. it's hard to do that kind of transaction, transat transaction, transition in like on the stage. Based. Keep on drinking at him. It's fine. There's no alcohol. in this <laughs> <here>. <laughs> But I mean, there's
2: fading, and you can like slowly transition out booze. Literally, like, boing, and then boing. It's like there was spring-loaded. <laughs> So Nala returns in the next scene to find Simba, and the "Can you feel a love tonight?" is the following scene, and it's so dark. And all the videos I've watched, it's so dark you can't see anything. Well, I mean, it's
0: night,
3: and the lighting probably. I mean, these are old school these cameras. Are old school, they yeah. don't have.
2: They're like four x three still. I mean, there was. <laughs> yeah. And they'll had the little timestamps in the corner, in the little digital format. The funniest part of this show that I saw that I watched it was a Rafiki comes back and realizes Simba is alive and the live Rafiki cast member interacting with puppet Simba is so awkward because it's the point where he's hitting him with the stick and tell him to look in the reflection to see his dad and it's just so weird and it just it doesn't work <laughs> So, the actual Simba battles Mufasa scene is they don't do that live, they project it on the screen. So it's literally a piece of the movie. And then adult Simba rises up from the stage again and you hear Mufasa say, it is time. And then they cut to the last scene with Simba and Nala standing on Pride Rock. And Rafiki holds their cub up. The girl. The girl cub, which I forget what her name was. Baby Yoda. Baby Yoda. She's not Baby Yoda. No. Baby Yoda. <laughs> Baby Simba. <laughs> and then you see uh, the Simba and Nala animatronic with Zazu and Timon and Pumbaa are surrounding them. The interesting fact about this show was the stage was 125 feet wide.
3: Well, it would have to be
2: And it was bigger than the actual room for the audience. Just to accommodate the huge set pieces. If you have never seen the show, which I have never seen it in person, and I'm glad I have it because it's a huge disappointment to the Lion King franchise.
1: <laughs>
2: watch it. It's so ridiculous the size of these set pieces. And if you get if you watch one of the videos I think it was um, Dave's, the one I watched was Dave's Disney History or something. He wide angles it and you can just see the size, the massive size of this stage compared to everything else and it just looks so ridiculous. And it closed on February 23rd, 2002. That that was the year before my Disney embargo ended so I I totally missed this show. This
0: theater has gone from stage with that whole lower level being used for the animatronics to go up and down for Mickey's musical review to let's throw a screen up for Magic Journeys, then back to get rid of the screen, keep using the lower half, but let's make the stage fucking twice as big so no, we could put big ass there. oh that's right yeah, this was, was all there. in front of the screen, the screen yeah. so yeah and then bring in the puppets and uh, I, I mean six years in, later it goes back to a screen again in I guess. Disney
2: fashion I bet you all those Lion King puppets are still underneath the stage
3: in filler magic right now well they're not puppets they're what humanimals humanimals humanimals, humanimals.
0: Because they're fake animals that are controlled by by the movement of humans. You know what I want to see? A humanimal
3: production of Robin Hood. Well, if you watch this
2: video, if you look at these puppets, they're horrible even just by Disney standards, even for 1994. I mean, they're just... Like, Timon's mouth doesn't even move when he's talking.
0: It's a tiny mouth, though.
2: But it's just like, I was just like wide open.
0: Oh. It just stays wide open all the time. Well, does it move on folk on Festival of Lion King?
3: Does it move? Yeah, yes, absolutely. Okay. Well, he's an animatronic. Did she wasn't? Uh, he's not. Yeah, he is. Is he? Yeah. No. Yes, he is. Doesn't he hop around with the tumble monkeys? I thought no. he did. Yeah.
2: Oh, Timon. Uh, yeah. Timon is yeah.
3: Pumbaa's. Uh, I'm trying.
0: An yeah, he's 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 stuck on his. Because his little legs can't get him perch. down off the float. No, they're they there. He's got weak ankles. Okay, <laughs> so uh, Tim, you said this this was shut down in 2003. Two. February 23rd, okay. 2002. So like seven years, we went with just random mishmash, something going in here before Disney finally got it right. So when did this open? When
3: yeah, when did Philo Magic open? No, when did your thing open? 1994. Oh, so this closed. This went on until October 2000. So how long did this go on? 2002. Oh, so eight years. No, it was it. Um, Magic opened in 2003. Yeah, so a year after.
0: Oh, okay. Yeah. I am I, I, sorry. i I've, I've got it terribly wrong in my notes. The, the three and the nine are right next to each other. Fair enough.
2: <laughs> they are if you only have one eye.
0: <laughs> I'm winking at you with my good one.
3: Thank you, Mike uh, Wazowski. So, yeah, <laughs> finally they get it right. At least in my opinion, I really enjoyed this attraction, especially when I first saw it. And this is Mickey for Magic. For those of you who have not done it yet, it is a 4D film. This opened in October 8, 2003, and is actually shown on a 150-foot widescreen. I'm one this, of those
0: people that haven't done it. Can't find it.
3: That's a lie. <laughs> <laughs> you know where saying, it is. You just I wish it had a bigger sign. You can't see it. I I can't see
0: in 3D, so me going to this is...
3: It's not... It's that progressive 3D, though. I know. So you can actually still watch the film?
0: I still will have to have the glasses to help balance out the... No, I've I've taken them off
2: to this show just to see, and it's not as 3D as
3: Muppets 3D is. It's blurry, but it's not awful.
0: Okay, you know what, I mean, I mean, Yeah, I'll I'll look into it, all right? I'll do it after I do Stitch. No, Stitch is close, dude. Allegedly.
3: No, it's gone. They have the meet and greet there, though, that's it. Yeah. I heard they're putting Magic Journeys back in. Uh, you can go watch that shit <laughs> in 3D with your bad eye. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I am out on that for 120%. Alright, so when you first walk into the theater, they actually redid it like a theater. So inside there are posters advertising upcoming concerts and past productions. You have performers such as Hades, Ariel, The Genie, Wheezy from Toy Story, Willie the Whale from Make My Music, The Three Caballeros, Big Brad Wolf, Three Little Pigs, and they all have their own posters hyping up the past performances that they did there. Now, upon entering the actual... I guess this is the queue area, and then entering the pre-show area where you just line up to get into the theater, you have to pick up your opera glasses, and you hear some orchestral music from just some featured Disney animated films. Goofy admits you into the theater where your final preparations for the performance are underway, and Minnie Mouse will instruct you to put on your opera glasses. Problem is... Guess who goes missing? Donald Duck. So, little calamity ensues, and Goofy mishears a cue, as Goofy do, and he raises the curtain to reveal that the stage is totally empty, except for the, a conductor's podium and Donald who's sleeping in a box. Ducks like boxes too, I guess, like cats, maybe. Mickey races onto the stage in a hurry quickly telling Donald to unpack the instruments and Mickey places his Sorcerer's hat on the podium and then leaves telling Donald to don't forget the orchestra and don't touch my hat so Donald pulls all these instruments out of that little box and of course Donald what do you what happens when you tell Donald not to do something? He gon' do it. He does do it. So he puts the sorcerer's hat on, and this causes the musical instruments to come to life and just start playing random noises, pretty much, because it's really kind of ugly. Donald kind of gets angry at a flute, and actually at one point throws the flute into the audience, while the other instruments do not like this. And they all gang up on poor Donald, and the next thing you know where it creates like some sort of whirlwind kind of thing, and
0: Donald is shoved through multiple movies.
3: So, the Parallel first
0: movie- dimensions. Multiverse. Yes, the Spiderverse, <laughs> The Donald-Verse.
3: There you go. <laughs> so the first place that we land is in the Beast's, Beast's Castle, and Lumiere does the Be Our Guest song. But instead, of course, to Belle, or to Maurice, which is how it was in the original edit of the film, he actually sings it to Donald. So, you kind of thing that makes this 4D here is that you can actually, they add smells. So, as the food is passing by, you actually smell the different food, and towards the end, there are champagne bottles going off, just like the film. And you can kind of feel the air of the champagne bottles going off and of course Donald's is still just focused on trying to get them sorcerer's hat back so he actually at the end of this scene climbs up on a cake the cake falls and everything fades to black now what would be the sorcerer's hat without the sorcerer's apprentice the next scene is the sorcerer's apprentice Donald has shrunk down and of course the walking brooms come in now this is where you get a little bit wet, cause the walking brooms are still having their buckets. But you know Donald's being Donald, he starts yelling at one of the brooms, little guy, till the big guy broom comes in and kind of drowns Donald out. Oh, he gets Donald's ass. Pretty much. Now what do you think
0: when you think of water in in Disney? Splash Mountain. No. Calvary Rapids movie movie 20,000 leagues under the sea
3: no you of all people are gonna get this wrong right now
0: oh cloacas yes Yes, little mermaid (laughs) I've never seen this I was I mean water I don't okay (sighs) yes (laughs) mermaids I always think of mermaids yes
3: so we have Ariel singing part of your world and in this scene, an electric eel, She, he, Donald goes in for a kiss, because, you know, that's what Donald does. And instead of kissing Ariel, he kisses an electric eel, who chases him out of the scene. Was it Flotsam or Jetsam? Neither this one had lipstick. Oh. <laughs> it was an electric shield. <laughs> it was indeed. We now have the Lion King spot which is really really nice cuz this is when they open up the full screen and it is it is really an amazing scene and throughout each scene of course Donald is chasing his hat and this is the song featured here is I just can't wait to be king the next scene after that is Peter Pan where you have the you can fly scene and the last time I wrote this which is just recently this week we had a whole conversation of Why does Donald need pixie dust to fly? Because he's a duck. And ducks should be able to fly. He's also lazy. does not want to flap his wings. (laughs) Finally, the last scene is Aladdin. And they're actually riding on the the next... Yeah. Singing A Whole New World. Sorry. And this time, Donald actually catches the hat for a hot minute. Because Jasmine actually places it on his head. But... Yago comes over and knocks it off and Donald jumps after it. At this point, he actually falls back into the magical whirlwind and Donald gets sucked inside finding himself back on stage. Mickey returns, puts his hat on and uses his power to restore the order. As Mickey is actually conducting, Donald gets stuck in a tuba and I am not going to spoil the rest of it because it's kind of fun. So you're going to have to watch it to see the end. Damn you.
0: Hmm. Giving me 95. 95% of the film.
3: I'm not going to tell you the end of it. You haven't seen it yet. I think you should see it.
0: I think I should see it as well.
3: James loved it. It's still one of my favorite things to do in Disney World. First so. of all, it, hey, it's air-conditioned. The queue is air-conditioned, I mean, it, it's almost always a walk-on, and, I mean, it's actually made it to other parks at this point. And you get to see- Redacted. A theater. You just gave away the end. Thank you, Tim.
0: <laughs> you gotta see it, <laughs> <to> believe it. <laughs> Mad Elf, folks. Yeah. <laughs> um
3: this is now in what is it five different parks we have it in hong kong tokyo disneyland paris and california adventure and now magic kingdom so it's actually made it to five different parks this was also one of the first times that disney creative has worked with the actual animators of some of these films to get an attraction in in actual the artwork
0: is is this a uh, a CG movie or or is it kind of some CG, some hand drawn? I
3: want it. It, it looks, looks all hand drawn. It looks, it looks all hand drawn. Okay, but I, it's definitely it's definitely worth the set, in my opinion.
0: I've always heard the thing or, or read where you know you go on it with your kids and you take a little jewel with you, so when Ariel does her little. Uh, song and dance, and she thrusts her hands out, the jewels go flying toward the audience. You keep one in your hand, and you reach out like you caught one and show your kid, and they're like, oh, wow. I don't know. That's something.
3: It's cute idea. It's a cute idea. A good idea. You, you better get that jewel to match, because if it was the wrong kid on the wrong oh, day... Oh, there's,
0: there's videos, uh, <laughs> and, and, and there's articles that tell you exactly where to go and what okay. jewel to buy to make sure it matches one that flies out there. Because I know... That won't go over well with every kid. It ain't going to work with my kids. They're <laughs> not. They're, they're not ignorant.
3: Well, they're a little older yeah, too. Yeah, your kids are teenagers.
0: So <laughs> <no> <laughs> <thing>. you're right. <laughs> it's good. Well, it's then it would actually little... be be perfect, no matter how bad it is, because then they'll just roll their eyes while I'm doing a dad joke on them. That could classic, be kind of fun. Classic dad. I don't know. That's that's just something I always associate with Mickey's Philhar Magic is the ariel and her jewels because you've seen it nope
3: i like their aladdin scene yeah
0: when you
2: this
3: smell of jasmine wafts through the whole theater mm-hmm. it, it's definitely like and you can tell where they were going like if you see the progression from like this to soren and now even when you look at it to um, Avatar. yeah, You can see kind of the progression of how the 3D movie starts with the smells and then they move up to the next step, which was pretty much and where you're hanging. It just, you can, you can actually see the progression of the ride or
0: the attractions on how they kind of figured out how each piece works to put it together. So would you say that the Fantasyland Theater has gotten better with time or should they have just skipped uh the two middle shows and gone right from the mickey's review mickey musical review up to uh fill her magic well you didn't have these movies right
3: to pull from right i mean i i don't know how this would work i mean there are some smells that i don't necessarily want to smell from the older movies like what are you going to do for sleeping beauty like poison apple i mean it just smells like poison i mean no that's probably not a good smell like dwarfs in a mine probably not a good smell
0: no but i would imagine (laughs) in their cottage you know you got the little bit of that fire burning living
3: in one house with the sleeping beauty tell me how that house smells it's well like Mm.
0: stew
2: (laughs) (laughs) there's something to be said that this opened in 2003 you said Yes. And now it's 2020, and it's been relatively unchanged other than fixing the 4D effects and upgrading sound and whatnot. There's something we said for that. This attraction being run for so long, it's it's still a great attraction. It's one that we normally do every trip.
3: And it has all the good songs
0: in it. It's the songs you know and all the songs you sing along to. It's all
2: Disney Renaissance songs. So. Exactly. I
0: was going to say that. It, this is all... The movies we grew up with. The ones that if you're flipping around, you know, and it's on TV, you're going to stop and you're going to watch it.
3: I mean, but even, like, what if you had
0: to choose a movie to add in right now,
3: and remember you have to add Smell. Hmm. I know which one I would add. What is it? Moana. And what would you add? Smell-wise. Well, the, actually,
2: I would add the, the new Smell's from Thorin. For the Polynesian scene. That...
3: What is it? Um, hibiscus. Mm. Flower. So you wouldn't add coconuts for the coconut fight scene? Because I think that would be funny.
2: The kakabura? D- yes. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. If, you, if you're going <laughs> to add the kakabura scene, then you're going to add coconut smell. But if it's just like the regular Moana scene where she's like trying to get out into the sea, it's just hibiscus and
3: mm. Spam. See, but the the main song from that is "I Am
0: wanna <laughs> Yeah, you, uh, Mikey, if you could choose the phone. As much as it pains me to say this, I, I'm I'm gonna go with the, with the gimme on this, and it seems like a no brainer to put Frozen in there, but with what? Frozen two. Okay, and what smell? Um, I would go actually with uh, because I'm I'm thinking Donald Duck and how much fun it would be to see him interacting with Olaf while Olaf is singing his song about growing older. And he's in that forest, and everything fucking g- gets ignited. So, you'd have the change of, 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 uh... Burning of odor from, No, but, but you'd have, <laughs> like, K- you know... You'd have, like, the Rome burning smell, but before that, you'd have just an outdoor woods, kind of pine smell, um... As he's singing, and then it transitioned to just a little bit of a, you know, odor of, of, of the the forest, you know, getting on fire, and he runs around. He he looks at, you know, at, you can have so many smells with that. But I think for Donald to interact with, with him throughout all that would be pretty pretty damn funny. And you wouldn't have to deal around with getting on an Elsa in there. You could just go with Olaf. Fire effects coming out in 3D that I wouldn't see. <laughs> Wet moose. I would you do a like, wet
3: moose smell. Well, since y'all took Tim took mine, I think I do Tiana. And I do beignet smell. Yeah. I was gonna say don't that do was the my swamp. second don't do That was do my the swamp. second beignet smell. Oh. A beignet smell going, piping through that sugar good confectionery mm-hmm. smell? And then
0: you would have right them up. sold right outside like a little cart. <laughs>
3: You got me suckered right into that very or, easily.
0: You know, it, it, they'd fit probably better up, uh, up around Liberty Square or something nope. like that. <laughs> you leave make, my make, beignets alone. <laughs> I just make make a beeline. <laughs>
3: um, so do you all know why they use Donald Duck for this? I have no idea. All right, the reason why they use Donald Duck is because he doesn't—he's hard to understand.
0: Oh, so they use the super... original recordings from the original voice. I'm sorry.
3: No, <laughs> but close. They use Donald Duck because he's easy to understand in any. He can't be understood in almost any language. So he's the easiest character yeah, he's to voice manipulate. Most languages is... noise.
2: Exactly.
0: Huh. I thought so... I read that they actually use a lot of the original. Uh, just snippets of of the original Donald Duck voice actor because it, he couldn't be understood, so they just got away with using a whole lot of the original stuff.
3: But that was the whole. But the whole point was that he couldn't be understood,
0: right? Well, and that makes sense.
3: So that they because... can translate it easy, and they can they already have all the film footage in right. different languages. So all they have to do is just add Donald.
0: That's smart. Yes. That's efficient and economical it's disney smart now i wonder what what they went through to take that existing footage and give it a 3d workover.
3: Uh, stereo it's all digital now it's not as hard as it used to be i mean when you really think about your your newer movies are not even filmed in 3d like your 3d projected movies are just doubled imaged so that almost any movie at this point can be, if they have a digital projector, projector, excuse me, can be placed in a 3D theater. So a lot of them, a lot of the times it's not always filmed for stereo, and there's a word, and I'm not going to pronounce it right, so I'm just going to leave it out. But um, a lot of the times the movies are not necessarily filmed for 3D, but you can dummy up the image and double up the image and choose the... It's not that red and blue 3D
0: anymore, so you don't necessarily right. need to right. No, you use those um, passive DLP glasses. Yes, kind exactly.
3: Of thing. So I don't think they really. Ha- I mean, I know they did the work because when it opened, I don't think that technology was that advanced. Right. No, yet. like I say, in 2003,
0: that was. But it was still DLP because it's the gray lenses. It's not the red and blue. Well, I definitely want to check this out. Just n- not so much even that I want to see what type of surprise is waiting for me at the end of the show it's okay it's ruined
3: hmm.
0: i don't want to talk about it anymore sorry but <laughs> I, I, it's also just you know one of those uh, attractions there that we haven't we haven't done it's not you know a launch day attraction but the theater is and i think that deserves checking out even though it's seen so, several facelifts
2: so for august we need to... Yep. August.
0: Check it out. Buffa.
3: Buff.
2: <laughs> buff, buff. That's what it is. I more <laughs> luck trying to see in August, because it's a longer trip than Bufufa.
0: It's, it's a little Sean Connery. August. <laughs> yeah, August.
3: <laughs> <laughs> All right. I don't know if Fast Pass is available for it or not. I don't remember. You don't ever need to Fast Pass this, because like you well, said before... August, is gonna, august might be hot yeah. in high crowd, so we don't know.
2: I know we've never we've never had to wait online for this, ever.
0: Just, you, you you do this when um, mousecatworkit is going on.
3: No, well, I mean, we I ran in my one attraction was this attraction this last trip. So, <laughs> <laughs> if you can count the sushi donut as attraction, but that was some good shit. It's also but, it's
2: also a good napping spot because it's air conditioned.
3: I didn't sleep through this. This is one attra- movie I haven't slept through. I have once. <laughs>
0: I am not surprised, Tim. I'm sorry. <laughs> well, there you have it, folks. The uh, lesson on the Fantasyland Theater. Your your DHD course in Magic Kingdom. One step to uh, getting your doctorate. Your little diploma. Um, your degree that you can't take anywhere and use for anything.
3: Well, it's it's, it's useless
0: trivia. It, it, yeah, listen. You may kick ass at the uh, the local p- Disney pub night trivia, um, and if you win, let us know. Send us you know pictures of your your free free booze uh, that you won. Um, now, if you didn't like this show or you think we messed something up, then there's definitely It's our show. <laughs> go well, listen go listen somewhere else. It's it's our show, but there is something that you can do. What can what you can do, you Mikey? Do? Well, you can fucking do it yourself. You can host. If you are a member of our Facebook group at facebook.com slash groups slash three sheets or just you're on Facebook anyway, search for three sheets. We're one of the first things that pops up. Um, You know by now that we're looking for a fourth host. And we've kind of opened this up to the community at large. We're crowdsourcing talent right now. Um Air quotes. Yes, yes. Air, quotes, air quotes. Talent. We talent. haven't
3: been all that successful in finding a good fourth Nope. <laughs> nope.
0: <laughs> you know. We're um, three for six right now. So we do have a bit of a, a bit of a schmon test going on right now at the uh, Facebook group. Um, we are looking for another host. We're tired of a threesome. We want to make it a quartet. So... Uh, be headed that direction because that's the only place first off you're going to find the link where you can go and submit your resume i guess as it were we're not looking for you know lots of details basically there is a google form you can uh Check out and fill out, and it's going to ask some basic information about yourself. And we also want to know about your equipment you have because we want to make sure that we can still meet the same standards of quality audio we've set all the way back to episode one.
2: No, don't go back to episode one for quality.
0: And at at the end of it, there's a little uh, a little uh, script that you can read and attach an audio file because we have to hear what what uh, what you sound like and what you're working with. But we are actively looking for someone else now uh, kind of the way this works is we're calling it so you think you can host and it's a l- little bit game show a little bit interview a little bit uh, you know contest and we're gonna make it fun uh, we want everybody to kind of have fun with it and don't take it too terribly serious it's uh, all, it's all in good a good fun bit
2: serious because it is, hey listen there's winners thing. and
0: there's losers yeah but really you're all winners t- in my heart. So yeah do uh, head over to the Facebook group and check that out. Get your submission. We've had several already and uh, we've we've actually had some some pretty pretty good laughs um, at your expense. So keep that coming, please. <sighs> so mo- uh, transitioning from that, let's talk about some drunkenness. <laughs> I thought we were talking drunkenness this whole well, episode that basically yeah, I mean Alan's <laughs> still on his peyote from his magic journey. <laughs> oh my god! Don't I don't ever want to watch that again. <laughs> Miguel and Antonio Fernandez have uh, started their March drunkenness uh, brackets over there in the Facebook group. Uh, there's a bar lounge bracket and a villain bracket Switching that they're up running here. Yes. Yep, they're uh, taking away the drink because that was such a huge short of contention last year. Well. Um, because <laughs> you can't, Nautilus, you can't. Ploepo, Ploepo
2: has to remain. Yep. The king.
0: Now, uh, Michael Fernandez is posting two polls every day, one for the uh, bar lounge and one for the villain. That's and you need no. to get in there and vote. We're not pinning them, so look for that shit. Make it happen. He's filling out these brackets. We probably, probably should, should be pinning here, them
2: because Mike is doing the bar poll and Anthony is doing the villains poll
0: so we will make a concerted effort to get these polls pinned to increase your voting uh, make sure you get your votes in because this is going to be a lot of fun and when it gets down to the nitty gritty it's going to get fucking hectic it always is lastly on our announcements here uh, Adam sheet up what's happening yo the hey, sh- 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 August. Sh- what's happening with what August. Sh-
3: so, wait, how was that, How are y'all August- saying it? Because I listened to the episode and I can't do that. What? August. August. The August sheet up. Um, August sheet up is full swing. Um, we have our next event that was launched already. That is going to be the Sunday brunch at... House of Blues, it is the Gospel Brunch, you do have to buy a ticket, you can buy your tickets through Ticketmaster, it's kind of weird, because it's not technically owned by Disney, there are tables that are already booking up with cheaters, so we looks like we are taking over a pretty good chunk of this thing right now, so it's gonna be a fun time, we also have our crawl around downtown Disney, which is gonna be the Saturday night, and that's going to be an open kind of thing where we're just going to meet up and see how many places we can eat and drink at other than that we have i got talked into doing another race somehow
0: your arms been twisted
3: we have a bunch of cheaters first off though we do have a bunch of cheaters going down for star wars weekend if there's anybody who wants to run an event for star wars weekend please reach out to an admin or myself I would gladly help set it up for you. I just don't know what that looks like because I am not going to be able to make it. However, kind of got roped into doing the dopey challenge, not the dopey. Been doing that the whole fucking weekend of Princess day. Wine and dine. I have kind of got roped into doing wine and dine, so I will be down for wine and dine with a bunch of y'all. We have posted some pinned post in the running group at Three Sheets Running. We also have some great things going on with accountability this month, so definitely check that out.
0: I think I'm done. A lot of things coming up. This group just keeps doing more and more shit. (laughs) We went from one a year to, I think this year is like every quarter something's happening. Uh, That's awesome. I love seeing... The way everybody's uh, getting together and going down there and hanging out and just making stuff happen. So, all right, guys, uh, good show. Glad we got a chance to head back to Magic Kingdom and look at uh, the roots of some of the attractions there and how it's changed over the years. Um, let's get some. Let's get some closing remarks. Tim,
2: the DHD episodes are some of my favorite because even like some of the shows we do, like this one, I've only been to one of the iterations of the Fantasyland Theater. So it's nice to go back and look at what used to be there and try to imagine being there in person to see it, which I don't know that I necessarily wanted to see
3: <laughs> Magic Journeys. Magic Journey. <laughs> or even
2: I, I saw some pictures of the Mickey Mouse review and some of those animatronics, even the Mickey Mouse animatronic was downright fucking scary. It was, it's, like, it's, Chuck E. Cheese yeah. level scary.
0: A lot of them are Chuck E. Cheese level, and his clothes don't quite fit him right.
2: No, and his eyes were, like, kind of fucking weird, but... Go go look at some pictures, and you know what I'm talking about. But I do like these DHD episodes, because you go to deep, deep, deep dive into Walt Disney World history. That was maybe even before our time, which... We're almost as old as Disney World is at this point, but I, I just I just like to go back and see what it's like at the beginning.
0: Adam, you got anything to close us out with? I actually do. I want to give a shout-out
3: because I haven't had a chance to. To everybody who ran for Princess, everybody who I hung out with. Met some new sheeters this time around. It was really fucking awesome to hang out with everyone. Had a girl almost missed her flight because she was having too much fun, but she made it. So that's all that really matters, and hey, we're looking forward. I'm looking forward to the next time hanging out with all you
0: crazy people.
3: So we'll see you all in August.
0: All right, that's going to do us uh, tonight for our DHD episode. We uh, had to fly on my microphone. Sorry, I got got distracted there. Um, I want to thank everyone for adulting with us tonight as we uh, discuss Disney. And as I go, I want to say this isn't goodbye. This is a see you real soon. So good night, everybody. Audio. Good night.
1: And thank you!
3: Spice up your life. Spice up your life. Every boy and every girl. Shake it to the left. Shake it to the la, right. La, oh la. boy. <laughs> this That's is not... not going well for me tonight. <laughs>